episode 215 of the American Entrepreneur Podcast. Insane business startup realizations. Probably rename it because people are just going to think uh, this person just started a, watched a YouTube video and started a goddamn business 10 minutes ago and thinks they're a genius. So, which isn't too far off, right? So, here's going to be six insights in the business. I got 22, 23 minutes till I got to hop in a meeting. So, I'm going to make this quick, but this is super good. And um, it might help you out. Um, you know, just have to see if any of this stuff actually applies to you or what you're doing in entrepreneurship. So, let's run with it. With not wanting to miss out on these just because I got to hop in a meeting soon. And I'd love to listen back to this myself. So here we go. One. Got a, a buddy slash business consultant slash sales trainer. His name is Eli. Not going to say his last name. I don't know if he wants that thrown in here. But he's been hopping on our business meetings out of just literally just out of the kindness of his heart. I can't even explain it. He's just like, hey, dude, let me hop in the meeting. He's been in our business meets doing sales with us. And so he was trained with Jordan Belfort to do this thing called looping, which is essentially, I'm going make it, to make it simple. We go over it in some other podcasts. But what he's showing with looping is there's, there's three things people need to be sold on, okay? They need to be 10 out of 10. Absolute certain. One, your product. It's common sense. What do you think the second one is? It's you about third one it's your business got some dogs going ham out here that's cool that's cool uh so one you need to sell your product two you need to sell you okay that's number two three you need to sell the business and so he's showing it's essentially a way to deal with objections where you get to the end you say okay i hear what you're saying but let me ask you a question does the idea make sense to you do you like the idea Right? And you would get them sold on the idea, and then you would say, well, listen, let me introduce myself. Then you talk about you, get them cool on that, then you get them sold on the company, then you go through, and then you make the sale. It's called looping. Here's what I learned. I had a meeting that didn't work out. So during that meeting, here's what I realized. Looping works if you reduce certainty. The meetings I haven't had closed, I accidentally reduced certainty in this particular situation i got the llc for a business you know a few years ago and i'm in a meeting and this guy says are you guys like a legit business like you have an llc i got the llc in ohio you don't have to renew it in ohio over and over i didn't i didn't know yet i was like did do I, it's almost the end of the year do i have to renew it so imagine this the business owner says are you a real business we're on a zoom call i look to the left and i'm like uh I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's legitimate. And he's just like, yeah, no, thank you. So I reduce certainty. Grand conclusion. Looping, Jordan Belfort's looping works if you reduce resistance. So that's the first thing. The second thing, if anybody's familiar with that, you want to go into it, look at Jordan Belfort's straight line course. Looping works if you reduce resistance. That is what I've been trying to add to what we're doing for the past who knows how long. Point number one done. Two, reverse looping works regardless. When I reverse loop, which is a thing that there could be other people who do it. I have yet to meet them and I'm pretty deep in the 
at least American culture slash community for sales. Reverse looping is where when I, when I tell them we can move forward, but here's your problem in order for us to work together. That pretty much works regardless. Takes the focus off of us and their paranoia for us and what they think about us. Puts it onto them and their problems. I have the solution. You're the person who needs help. Why would we have a meeting about me and what I do? I get it. They need to know about the company. I'm not going to conceal anything, but this meeting isn't about me. You're the fucking person who hasn't fixed your business yet. How about we talk about that? Is that, well, right? They try to frame it like, well, I just want to make sure you're doing what you need to do. Me? We just figured out you're a business owner and you don't do marketing. What do you mean you need to figure out if I know what I'm doing? You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Your website has broken buttons on it. You have no views on your Facebook. You've never ran a marketing campaign in your life. You're the person with the broken business. Why do you think this meeting is about me and my problems and what I may or may not be doing correctly? Your shit's broken. Your shit's broken, motherfucker, not me. You're the fucking, you're the con artist. You're the sketchy person, motherfucker, not me. The only other person I've heard say that, ironically enough, is uh, the dude who wrote Strong Times, Create Strong Men, Stefan Arnio. He said other salespeople aren't going to do this. He was like, I'm not the con artist. You're the fucking con artist. Salespeople are afraid to say that. I guess he is the only other person I've heard say that. That's cool. R.I.P. Stefan Arneo. Much love, bro. Your fucking videos are amazing. So re- reverse looping is when you get to the end of the sale, you don't say, do you want to sign up? It's not what you say. You say, we could sign up, but you need to do this, this, and this to make that happen. It's about you and your problems, not me and mine. That's point two. And if you want that in clear text, because I know none of you fucking people are going to, I know you're not going to listen. Stefan Arneo passed away talking about how he can't get other salespeople to listen do not end the listen do not fucking end the meeting saying do you want to sign up end the meeting say you could sign up we could help you but you're gonna have to fix this this and this first okay cool that's how you end a fucking that's how you close you don't you never and when i mean never i don't mean ignore it then do it do just what i told you not to do at the end as a hail mary don't ask them to sign up point two Point three, situation drive strategy. You ever, ha- you ever hear the girl who went to the therapist and her therapist talked about narcissism and all the things she needs to work on? And, well, narcissism in general and what it is and how it's cured. And then she goes home and she says, my therapist made me realize today that you're a narcissist. You need to work on this. Come to find out the therapist was giving her advice because she was a narcissist. Yeah, situation drive strategy. If you understand a thing and how it works, well, then the only thing you can do wrong is not understand where to apply it. There's tons of business advice and um, consulting in general. Why most consulting doesn't work is because the consultant doesn't really take the time they have to to understand what's wrong with your business. They come in and give blanket generic information and that's not going to help you so the right strategy with the wrong situation he came to give you all the strategy come to find out 
there's a person in accounting stealing all the cash and that's where the money's going. Had he have known that, he wouldn't have given you this type of advice, right? Consulting without understanding of the business being consultant is pointless, which is why when I had tons of consultants in the past, they would get mad at me because I'd say, you didn't really teach me anything I didn't know. And how they felt is like, what the fuck? You're telling me what I said wasn't valuable? No, I'm telling you what you said is valuable and I already knew all those things and I wanted somebody who could look deeper into what my issue is and fix that. Not just give me blanket ass fucking information, Noah Slane. So, um, you know, you have that situation drive strategy. Four, selling risk and risk framing. We had to fix a thing in our company where the deal was being framed as like, okay, you're going to make 10 million, but you're going to spend 100K in ads. You want to do it? They don't believe they're going to make a million, but you've guaranteed them they're going to risk 100K. So do you really think that's going to happen? I don't believe in the outcome, but yeah, let's do all the risk you talked about. That's never going to happen. So the way that you frame things, you say, this is the numbers we could hit. We're going to have to start low on this and that's it. You don't start talking about, I'm going to give you the moon and stars. People think it's too good to be true and they think you're telling them that so that you sign them up. Never sell somebody something that's too good to be true. That's why at the end of the sale, I don't say, yeah, it's too good to be true. I say, I don't even know if I can sign you up unless you're willing to fix this website. I sell them the problem because guess what? People believe in risk. People believe in problems. People are skeptical about outcomes. You don't sell them the outcome. You sell them the risk. I know that sounds weird. Um, Alex Hermosi, cool ass dude, a million times smarter than I'll ever be with the business stuff. He says, you don't sell them the the uh, the luggage and the, and the bags and the walk. You sell them the vacation. No, you don't. You sell them the luggage and the baggage and the walk. You sell people risk because they believe in that already. You're not fighting against human nature. You're, you sell them the risk. They don't believe in crazy outcomes. So why would you work against human nature and sell them crazy outcomes? Use, use human nature, sell them the risk. And so we went from saying, we'll make you 10 million, but you're going to risk 100K to saying we might be able to hit 10K, but the risk is only 1,000 up front. And if we go over 10K, it's 2,500. Well, they don't believe they're going to go over 10K anyways. So 1,000 is a believable risk. And the idea that they might hit 10K might be worth taking that risk. That's what they're sold on. Okay, so five, double binds and complementary roles. And I do my close, I said, you know, I'd love to help you out, but you'd have to fix this. I'd love to help you out. What is it? When I say I'd love to help you out, it has a double meaning. It means that I'm, I can help you out and that you need help. It means that I'm the person here to help and you're the person who needs help. That's the double meaning. When I say, you know, I'd love to help you out. That is framing it as I'm the person who could help you out and you need help. So using double binds, which is, I think I kind of already did, but it's like a Chase Hughes thing too, um, is to frame things in a way that creates complementary roles. Student, teacher, sales trainer, salesperson. Um, you know, uh, 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 therapist, person in therapy. 
the way you word things should put you in a it should have double meaning yeah i'd love to help you guys out but the problem is you guys would have to fix this this and this what does that say i'm here to help you you have the problem and their brain easily accepts it because the way it's being framed is just unconsciously goes in their brain remember they say identity is the strongest force in human nature if you identify with needing help that's going to push your behaviors especially if you've identified me as being helpful so that's five double binds six motivated seller and this is my my last point on this it's a really good one the reason i like selling marketing to business owners is that business owners are goal-oriented they're what dan pena would call them the psychology of a motivated seller which dan pena would say no i mean business owner no shit dan trying to get a point across here i love you dan a a motivated seller means that the person already has motivation before you showed up to fucking convince them they already have motivation to sell the product right so a business owner's goal is to sell products and get customers so before people say well how do i know i remember when i first started this people would say well well is it i'd like to work for the company but i mean you know how how difficult is it how many people do we need to call how do we know they're interested and so i'm unfortunately an asshole and uh, i just couldn't stop thinking what a stupid fucking question and i just I couldn't understand for the longest time because I was just being an asshole. I was like, what a stupid fucking question. How do we know that business owners want marketing? Listen to how stupid that question is. How do we know that business owners want customers? How are are you so certain about this? I just, I'm too much of an asshole and I just can't get over and could, could never, I'm not smart enough right now. Put it. Put the power up to the galaxy because Angelo's not good enough for this one. I'll tell you that right now. Give me some grace because I already told you I'm an asshole. How the fuck would a business owner not want customers? If they say no to you, that's because you did something wrong. It's not because they don't want marketing. And so the people we sell to, like when I used to sell AT&T door to door, maybe I get there and they say, yeah, our family doesn't even watch cable. Or maybe they say, I mean, we have it, but we only use it for internet. Or maybe they say, yeah, we're about to get rid of it. Maybe you could have that with an owner. Maybe they're going to you know, shut the front doors. Maybe Who knows? But let me tell you, I am not in the dark of if a business owner wants customers or not. That's not a confusing concept to me. So the reason I like B2B and particularly selling return on investment is because that's a business owner's job. And what do we say? Identity is the strongest force in human nature. You are a business owner, my friend. Your natural function is to gain customers. That's what you do. You're a fucking business owner. Okay? You're a fucking business owner. You mean, how do I know that he wants clients? You don't open a business and then like, you guys want clients? Maybe someday. We just, we just like the logo. <sighs> what a stupid question. So we're selling to people who are motivated to purchase before we ever speak to them. 
Okay, so there's six things. So that is 12.52. I got eight minutes here. Sum those up so they're not confusing and you can actually apply these and not just waste your time on a podcast. All right, so here they are. One, Jordan Belfort's looping works in especially if you reduced certainty. Looping is the shit. Two, reverse looping works regardless, which is where you frame it as here's your problem. Here's your obstacle in signing up with us. You put the pressure on them. Three, situation drive strategy. Maybe the most intelligent person in the world and understand how everything works. But if you don't understand the situation, it doesn't matter. You're going to apply the strategy incorrectly. Four, selling risk and risk framing. Do not sell unbelievable outcomes. People don't believe in outcomes with believable risk. Sell the believable risk. And then allure to the, we might get this outcome, but here's the believable risk. So you're not moving them from believable risk to believable outcome. That's not going to happen. They're not going to believe in the outcome. Uh, You can increase the certainty. Yes. Which looping would help with, of course. But why go against human nature to begin with? You're setting yourself up for things to be harder. Don't sell unbelievable outcomes and believable risk. Sell the believable risk with the idea that it might have an outcome. That's it. If your product goes up to 5,000 a month when they hit 50K, don't talk about 50K. Talk about the first numbers you meet because that goes with their nature. Talk about how we're going to spend a 2,000 and we might hit 10K. If it goes up to five, a 50K profit, that's when you pay 5K. But, you know, I mean, who, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we hit 50K though, right? And they're like, yeah, that would be, I wouldn't be upset yet. I wouldn't be upset if we hit 50K. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. But anyways, yeah, here's a believable risk 2K and and we might hit over 10K. Okay, let's try it. Cool. Sell them the risk with the possibility of an outcome. Sell the risk with the possibility of an outcome. Allure to curiosity. Do not sell them an unbelievable outcome with a believable risk or they're only going to pay attention to the believable risk and think you're a bullshitter for trying to sell them an unbelievable outcome. Five, double binds for complementary role framing. I'd love to help you, but the problem is you have to fix this and this. What is that saying? I have solution. You have problem. I am here help. You are here helped. The way you phrase things creates roles you're the person who needs help i'm the person who's helping that's called a complementary role meaning my role complements yours your role complements mine teacher student therapist person who needs therapy prison guard prisoner person needs help person who's helping double binds create complementary roles and you can use role framing so six a motivated seller If you're going to sell a product, sell it to somebody who's already motivated to purchase it. If you want to sell, let's say you have cancer treatment that works, you don't want to go door to door knocking. Do you have cancer? That doesn't make any sense. My my partner in crime over here, supervillain, supervillain Tanner, uh, he says, you know, salespeople say everyone's a salesperson. He says, that's true, but let's take it a step further. Every person's a marketer. Yeah, that would make sense. Why do you think we're calling business owners instead of knocking door to door and asking people if they want 
marketing. That that wouldn't make any sense. Go to the source. So last kind of thing that you might think is stupid, but I thought you you might benefit from. I'm going to do when we get our sales training down is when I get cold calls from telemarketing companies, I'm going to keep the telemarketing phone number and I'm going to call the call centers and my like hobby to sharpen the fuck out of sales as I'm going to call the call centers and try to sell their employees sales training. As Tanner Nord said, everyone's a marketer. I'm going to call people who do sales at a company who hires people who do sales and I'm going to sell those salespeople sales training. And so you need to find a motivated seller, as Dan Pena would call it for uh, mergers and acquisition, buying businesses. A person who owns a business is motivated to get leads. Now, for you people who just want money, don't take that as a cue to start a B2B business. I care about getting them the outcome, not making a YouTube video about the income that I made. That's the difference. And so those are those six tips. Make sure to listen to this over and over if you need it or... You know, might have just been a 22-minute waste of your time. This is Angelo Reyes with Ghost. We gain people clients and make them a good return on investment, reduce their cost per lead over time, and grow the shit out of their business. Hassle-free with the best customer service and communication you're going to find in the U.S. We've done over $119 million worth of sales, and we'd love to help you, but the problem is... You need a proper landing page and you're going to need a Google Ads account or else it might end up a failure. Either way, we could run the ads however we want. But, you know, unless you have a proper landing page, unless you have the ad set up, there's really nothing we could do to help you out. Make sure to play that back if it didn't make sense to hit your goals.